0: Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. We've been studying the book of Luke, and Luke's writing has started off with this very kind of upbeat picture of Jesus and his ministry. And it started at the baptism in the Jordan River with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And then the clouds open up and the Holy Spirit comes down in bodily form like a dove and a voice from heaven. This is my son in whom I love and in whom I'm well pleased. Thunders from the sky and all the people are just like, this guy's legit, you know? Like this guy's legit. He goes into the desert. He fasts and he prays. Then he faces temptation while he's there and he overcomes it comes out of the desert and he begins to call disciples, people to follow him. But well, here's the thing we like about Jesus. Is it's the same thing that, it's the same thing we always like about Jesus, is that he never does what you think he's going to do. Like you got an idea because the church board, right, the, the deacons, I'm speaking generally and not about ours, but the church board is going to say, well, I don't really know that it's a good idea. I was at a church one time and they, there's some teenagers smoking cigarettes in the front lawn out by the lamppost on the sidewalk. And, uh, and uh, these kids had never been in church. They didn't know the rules. Uh, they obviously didn't know the law. Well, they didn't care, but they came to church. Now they're out there smoking cigarettes on the, by the lamppost, and the, the elders said, this has got to come to an end. I said, these dudes have never been in church their whole life, and they just came, and now we're going to jump on them by smoking cigarettes by a lamppost out front? Well, wow, we just can't have that. It looks bad. It looks bad jesus is kind of like one of those guys he didn't really oh does it look bad i don't care if it looks bad jesus doesn't really care so then he calls these disciples and who does he pick oh yeah you know who he'd pick you know who the church board would pick their their hiring committee right the hiring committee goes through and they check all the credentials does he come from a Southern baptist uh, seminary that's number one importance is he a good preacher yes can he keep the funds up right Well, then let's hire that guy. Jesus? Jesus goes looking for disciples. And it is just a tax collector? No. Fishermen? Sailors? These guys in their potty mouth? And then a Jewish rebel? Simon the Zealot, he's called. And then all these other unlikely characters. And then all of us who read the story are like, you know, I like this Jesus guy. I like him. But he doesn't pick the right guy. He picks, you know, you know his guy. Like, do we like this about Jesus? And then any time the Jewish, like the super religious Jews, show up to Jesus and they want to question him and want to try, to try to pin him down on some issue, Jesus finds a way to squirm out from underneath it, you know, and like a rattlesnake. He ends up on top and he's biting you, and you don't know what happened. He always puts those guys in their place, and then everybody who reads the story is just like, "I like this Jesus guy. Like he's legit." And the sick people show up, and they come and they cry to Jesus and instantaneously whoosh, heals. Him. This generates quite a bit of interest in Jesus. People want to get around him. And some people say somewhere between 15, 20,000 people are trying to follow Jesus at this time trying to be around him all the time he can barely get away to spend time with his disciples he can barely get away to pray always people wanting his time his attention everybody loves jesus and luke's writing in the very first part of the book it's this upbeat exciting ministry everything jesus does is awesome But then we started talking about, most recently in the most recent stories, that Luke starts to sprinkle in these little bits and pieces of something about Jerusalem, and something about suffering and dying, and something about having to go to the cross, something about resurrection, but the disciples could not understand it. But how could you understand that? You look around, it's moving forward. We got building programs. We were hiring people. The ministry is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Jesus' fame is is getting, you know, more well-known. You can only assume one thing is happening. There's only one thing. You can only assume one thing. If you were there, the only thing you could believe is this. He's building an army. This is... It's an army. It's a ragtag army, but it's an army. He's building an army. And he's going to go after Rome. And he's going to give back the promised land to the people who deserve it. And then he's going to be the rightful king. You could only come to that conclusion. That's the only conclusion to come to. But Jesus keeps tossing this in. A little pinch of it here and a little pinch of it there. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I have to go to Jerusalem because there I will suffer and I will die and I will resurrect. The disciples could not understand it. And then kind of this this cold breeze blows into the book of Luke about the end of chapter 9. It's kind of the first effects of of winter as it just kind of blows over. You know those in-between days to where you left the house and you were like, oh, I'm probably going to need a coat today. And he just kind of blows in through the pages of the book, right about chapter 9. And it says this, chapter 9, verse 51, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And Luke's tone changes. It was up here. It was exciting it was great it was fun it was awesome it was powerful and now all of a sudden there's this kind of this cold cloudy um, feeling that just kind of comes over the book and now the time has arrived to start heading that way to Jerusalem and it must have been difficult for the disciples and anybody else to look at Jesus and think to themselves, like, how could he go suffer and die? He's got the power of heaven at his fingertips. Why does he need to die? But I imagine it must have been difficult for Jesus, too. I mean, put yourself in his shoes, if you could, for just one second. You spend all your time and all your energy serving all these people and giving everything you have to all these people. You know all their thoughts. You know their heart. You know their motivation. You know why they're asking for the things that they ask for. And you know that most of that is negative. It's selfish. And Jesus gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. And now, the time has come for him to go to Jerusalem and give up his own life for a bunch of selfish people? People? Let me tell you something. It's a good thing I wasn't Jesus. I would have left you. I would have left every single one of you. You would have left me too. It must have been hard for him to know that he's not only going to experience all the wonderful things that this world has to offer, but he's also going to experience the most tragic, horrific, degrading acts of, of, of humans ever recorded. Just brutal. Just brutal. And he's going to see that too. But you see, Jesus wasn't just the God-man. He's a man's man. He's a man's man. And if it's time to muscle up under the responsibility or under the blame or to take on the yoke of somebody else's pain, Jesus steps to the front of the line. Because that's what men do. They admit when it's time for them to move forward. To take a hold of something to rescue other people to run into the burning bush i mean into the burning home instead of out of the burning home jesus is a man's man that's what jesus does but see luke tells us something right here see unfortunately for me all too often i don't resolutely set my eyes to go do anything you hear what luke says and jesus resolutely set his face for jerusalem some versions say this he set his face like flint to Jerusalem. That's a good phrase, isn't it? Set his face like flint for Jerusalem. Jesus knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. He knows who deserves it and who doesn't deserve it, which is none of us deserve it. He knows. But he understands that the role and the responsibility that he plays is to make his make his way there so that he can establish a relationship between us and God because without him getting there we do not have this unless Jesus gets to Jerusalem we don't have this there's no salvation for anyone if he doesn't get there and so Jesus muscles up under the responsibility and he goes for me all too often when things get difficult I bail out just bail out if it's time for me to admit that I'm wrong, I'd much rather admit that you're wrong. Fair, right? I don't want to admit I'm wrong. I want to admit you're wrong. I'm okay with that. I don't want to say that I'm sorry. I don't want to resolutely set my face. I mean, sometimes I resolutely set my face like jello towards making good decisions, you know? But not like Flint. In a face of temptation do we resolutely set our face towards the new Jerusalem? No. How can Jesus look at Jerusalem? How can he put his eyes in Jerusalem and say, I'm going to go there and die? Luke tells us. Luke tells us. Check this out. 951. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely sets out for Jerusalem. You know what the word taken up to heaven is? You know what that word is? Ascension. Ascension. Did you see what just happened? Jesus is on his way to suffer, to die, and to resurrect. And they just skipped all of that and went straight to the ascension. The moment when Jesus will go back up into heaven, be with his father, and establish a relationship between us and God. He looked past the pain and set his heart on heaven. Do you know how to get through the hard things in this life? Stop setting your heart on the fear. Stop setting your heart on financial security. Stop setting your heart on the things that are scary or the hard conversations. Stop setting your heart there. How can you look into the face of so many scary things in this life? I can when my heart is set somewhere else. But the minute my heart is set on the things that are in front of me that are terrifying, I am pulling the eject button. I'm hitting the eject button, pulling the lever. I'm getting out. I'm done. It's too scary, but when my heart is fixed on heaven, I can move forward. There's a verse here in Philippians that explains Luke's statement clearly. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this, Paul writes, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, But one thing I do. Some of you need to hear this. One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind. Straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He has set a path for you. He has set a path for you. He knew you were going to be where you are right now in your relationships, in your life, in your work, in your job, in your health. He knew that a long time ago. He knows where you are right this second. He knew you would be there. This is the race marked out for you. And he has equipped you fully to run that race. There's another verse in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. And the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Since Jesus' eyes were on the ascension, the time when he would meet with his father again, he could look Jerusalem in the face. He could look the terror in the face. But you cannot look your fears in the face if your heart is set there. If your heart is set on the fears that are there, that your heart has to be set in heaven. This is what we learn here. As we've mentioned in the series a few times, Luke's writings also change thematically. And so from this point forward, from chapter nine on, something happened. Luke will begin to talk about Jerusalem, about every single opportunity. Every move Jesus makes, it will be, and on his way to Jerusalem. And while they were headed to Jerusalem, And now on their way to Jerusalem, Luke does not want the reader to forget, we're trying to get to Jerusalem. Don't forget, we're going to Jerusalem. This is important, it's called the travel narrative. For nearly the rest of the book, a couple of other things will change thematically too. Jesus has been with the Jews. He has been only among the Jews in his ministry, and now Jesus is about to venture out and broaden his ministry, uh, his, his ministry target. He's going to broaden this whole thing. It's not just about the Jews anymore. Now the message is for everyone. The heathens, the Gentiles, the Romans, and yes, even those filthy Samaritans. Luke 9, 52 and he sent messengers ahead of him who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. Now, if you're new to who the Samaritans are, they are a people group that are um, half-Jewish, half-Gentile, but they have their own kind of worship idea, and it's kind of a Jewish Idea, but they don't worship in Jerusalem. Do you remember this argument that happened with Jesus at the, with the woman at the well? Jesus meets her at the well, and he says, "Oh, well, hi, how you doing?" And she, he's like, "You know, you got a lot of men in your life." Remember this conversation? And then, and then she says, "Oh, I see that you're a prophet." And then she says, "This we worship on Mount Gerizim." Do you remember this? The Samaritans, in Jesus' day, Jesus is at this well with this woman. She says to him, yes, but we Samaritans, we worship at Mount Gerizim. Check this out. Last summer, my cousin Jake went to Israel. He's trekking through the land, and he goes into a place called Samaria. And he meets some people who live there, Samaritans. And they started talking. And do you know what conversation unfolded right there in front of him? He said, oh, you're Protestants? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Protestants. Well, we worship on Mount Gerizim. This summer, this last summer, do you see how ingrained this idea? We are so different than the Jews. Jews go to Jerusalem because they're doing it wrong. We go to Mount Gerizim. Some of our ideas the same. Our God is the same, but... We go here. And so because of this huge schism between the two, the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans, and the Samaritans had nothing to do with the Jews whatsoever. This is a massive hatred. And now Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he wants to go through a Samaritan village. Verse 53, 9.53, Luke 9.53. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? It takes somewhere between 27 seconds and 30 seconds to hit both green lights between Washington and Jefferson on Madison. You follow me? Somewhere between 27 and 30 seconds to make it from Washington to Jefferson. That's not hard, right? Yet, there's always some sap who wants to peruse the downtown, oh, look at it, oh, that guy. Same ones that park in the middle of the aisle at Walmart with the grocery cart. I'm gonna bust your heels, you know? 27 to 30 seconds, that's all you get to hit both green lights, that's it. The reason I mention that and the reason I know it's 27 to 30 seconds because I've timed it multiple times. <laughs> because I wanted to know. Maybe I have an unrealistic expectation of people to like, hey, guess what? Make both green lights. <laughs> I'm not a guy that's always in a hurry. But occasionally I will lapse into this old guy, uh, this old version of me that wants to be in a hurry and move on. And here's the reason why. Because I have already admired our scenic downtown. (laughs) I've already done it. I read the names on the buildings, the dates. Like, oh, that's interesting. I've already done that. I've gone by our fine courthouse lawn with our 10-foot checkerboard. You with me? Do you know that exists? Have you played it yet? Want to get beat? Meet me out there after church. (laughs) I go first. I go first. I've already done that. I've already, I've already admired the bicycle swap rack program on the corner. You know what I mean? I've already, I've seen all this. I've gone by slow. and Look, oh, that's interesting. I do have some interest in the bicycle swap program. I don't, I don't want to get arrested for stealing one. I don't know what the rules are. I have to ask. But I do. There's, there's some interesting things. But, but here's the deal. I've already noticed those things. And sometimes there's people who pass through and they don't—they're not familiar with it, so they're the gawking, right? Huh. And all the while I'm looking at my clock like 14, 15, <laughs> not gonna make it. I'm not—they're gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. They're, Lord, do you want me to call down fire from heaven and burn them up? Because that's the thoughts that come through. Do you want me to call down fire? Frickin' burn up the stoplight, the whole intersection. Because these are the kind of things. When I read this story, I thought, Washington to Jefferson. (laughs) That's what I thought. Because it's not hard to make both lights. But they did not let him go through because they were headed to Jerusalem. What did the people in this Samaritan village miss out on? What did they miss out on? Think about the sick who live in this Samaritan village, the demon-possessed, the broken, the poor, the hungry. People who absolutely need to hear the encouraging words of Jesus, who need to know about this new message that guess what? God is now including you in his plan of salvation where you have always been ostracized. Now he's welcoming you as an equal with your Jewish brother. But they don't get the message. Why? Because they refuse to challenge the old guard because they refuse to challenge the old belief system. You see, sometimes racism exists just because daddy's, daddy, daddy, had, daddy was a racist too, not because of some sort of personal reason or personal belief. It's just adopted. And see, bigotry is the same way. And being judgmental is the same way. These are all learned things. Go to a playground at a school and you watch four and five-year-olds play for a little while. They don't have any idea what color anybody is. They do not know. They do not care. They don't know how much money their moms and dads make. They don't know what kind of shoes they're wearing. None of it matters at all. But when we get grown up, then we get picky. We get bossy. And we get better. Better than you. Better than you. and because they wouldn't let Jesus come through there they missed out on meeting the man who is going to lay down his life for them they missed out on that opportunity what about us are there people in our life in our community in our family that we just brush over because they're old their past mistakes are the people that we just kind of glide by because, check this out, because of our perception of who they are? Listen, I am the world's worst judge of character, right? I won't go into the details. I am the world's worst judge of character. I won't go into details. Just a brief. So I see this guy at the gym one day, and he is, I mean... Obviously, he's the bee's knees. All you have to do is ask him, right? I mean, he's strutting around in there, flexing in the mirror. I mean, just. And I parked outside. I was trying to go into the gym, but I couldn't even get myself to go in because I was like, is this what I look like when I'm in the gym? Like, I cannot go into the gym. This is ridiculous. Strutting around. I mean, this attitude, this arrogance, all of this. And I mean, I'm throwing massive stones at this guy. He's an idiot, he's braggadocious, he's arrogant. I'm sitting in the truck sinning more than him. And so finally I get out and I go in. And so it kind of hits me like, you know what, you need to be nice. So I go over and I say, hey. I know where he works and I ask him, do you work at the whatever, whatever? He turns and he looks at me like this. Yeah? And was like strike one, he's going to get the fire, you know? I said, oh, how's things been going for you as far as work goes and this kind of deal? He goes like this, like best, like the best. I was right the first time. He's an arrogant idiot. Like in my mind, I'm like, So then I asked him one more question. I thought, you know what, give him a, give him a shot. Because I'm kind of a soccer fan. I said, uh, have you gone up to like Sporting Kansas City, watched, watched him play? He turns around, he goes, are you a fan? I said, dude, I'm a huge fan. Dude, a huge fan. I love him. He's like, is that stadium the best? That stadium is the best. We're high-fiving. We're making plans. We're going to watch a game at his house. I thought to myself, 10 minutes ago, I wanted to burn him up. (laughs) I am a terrible judge of character. Maybe we gloss over people because of our perception of who they are, who we think they are. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with who they really are, but who I think they are, so I'm done with them. Or something I heard somebody else say about them, so I'm done with them. You see, Christians, listen, Christians, you who have experienced the baptism waters, you who have put your faith in Jesus, we were never given permission. We were never given permission or authority or the option to stamp somebody as a throwaway. Never. Our king is different. And he gave us a different command. And that command is this here's what you can do you can passionately love everybody, and you can tell the truth and nothing else. That's what you can do. As for the judgment, it's not up to you. you see the message of Jesus at this point as it's moving into Samaria? This is about invitation. And the disciples are thinking, get them. We should get them. But it's not about judgment. It's about invitation. You see, there is no shortage of angry, Christian, conservative faces in this world on Facebook or on the television. Correct? No shortage of this face. Right? Christians, conservatives who've got this angry look on their face. All the while, our Lord is like, and peace be with you. And we're like, yeah, we got the peace part, right? (laughs) Don't be that. Don't be that. We were called to be something different. We're called to reflect the sun like the moon reflects the sun. We are called to reflect the sun. And the sun's message was one of invitation and love and acceptance, one of truth, one of justice of sacrifice. And I promise you this, if you walk through this world with this judgmental eye, the inability to hear the Holy Spirit move in your life because you're just so dead set in everything that you're quite sure you're right about and who you're right about, you'll experience massive amounts of anxiety and stress in this world. You'll look at the things around you and you'll see the world spiraling out of control and you will only grow more and more angry and more and more volatile and more and more militant towards the people who do not believe like you. It's funny because it's kind of like a minute ago, these disciples couldn't catch the demon out of a little boy. Remember that just a couple weeks ago? This little boy shows up and the dad brings him in and he's got a demon and the disciples are trying their best to cast this demon out and they can't cast the demon out and now all of a sudden they're mortally they're mortal combat equipped to like just call down fire from heaven. Lord look I don't want to I don't want to I'm just saying if uh anybody get him? It's funny the book of Mark refers to these two guys James and John refers to these two guys as the sons of thunder wanting to bring the lightning. You see? Who's weapon? You know what I mean? <laughs> the leg <light> drop. <clears throat> I mean, this is who. they are. Like they want to inflict some pain on somebody. And so, look what Luke writes. It's just, it's, it's, it's witty. It's very witty. He's, he says, uh, verse fifty-five. But Jesus turned. Luke didn't have to write that, but he did. You know what that turn was? It was this. You know, hey Jesus, I was just thinking. I mean, I know. I know this is a message of love and acceptance and this kind of deal, but. That's an act in this day and age where if you don't show hospitality to somebody passing through, that is like, that's, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Boo. If you don't help an old older lady on the side of the road with a tire problem and you don't help her and she's by herself, boo, you're a terrible person. You hear me? Boo. Same with this hospitality rule. Jesus, they said no to you passing through do you want us, me and my brother, to go call down fire? This is what Jesus did. Luke writes, and he turned and rebuked them. The turn was this. It's the same look the dads give sons when they say something stupid or when they want to do something stupid. Well, I'm just going to tell my math teacher off and the dad's like, No. I don't. I don't want you to call down fire from heaven and destroy people. No. No. And look what Luke writes. Verse 56. And they went to another village. What has our bigotry caused us to lose out on? What has our judgmental attitude caused us to lose out on? Well, I'm not going to spend much time with church people because church people are like, "Eh," you know? Like, church people, you know? Well, you shouldn't say that and you shouldn't do that. No, I'm not spending time with church people because they're this way. Really? This is why I love it when people meet the church people here because then they're kind of like, I don't think your church people know how to be church people the right way. (laughs) They're pretty sure they're doing it wrong because I saw tons of tattoos Some people had piercings on their face. Like, I don't know that this is okay at all. Jesus picks, this is the team Jesus picked for us. What have we missed out on because of our bigotry? Sometimes these things inside of us, we have to question. Somebody could teach us something, somebody could give us a lesson. Sometimes I get caught up in that deal. What can I teach somebody? What can I tell somebody? Instead of what can somebody teach me or tell me? I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room ever, which isn't hard for me, but I don't want to ever posture myself that way, you know? To posture myself in a way that I am the only teacher around, like I can't be taught anything. They missed out. But you see what Jesus did? Here's the note for us. Here's what Jesus did. They moved on to another village. Look, when you, when you face opposition, no matter what kind of opposition it is, when you face opposition, turn and go. For you to stand and fight, m- more than likely, what's going to come out of your mouth next is going to be unpleasant, unfruitful, and unholy. Agree? When somebody wants to put a damper on your plans, wants to stop you and tell you your ideas are bad, When nobody wants to hear about your Lord or hear the story about how God has moved in your life. Or they take the invitation of, do you want to come to church with us? No, I don't think I want to go to church. We want to to get irate. We want to get upset. We move on to another village. There are people who are willing to hear, whose hearts are open to hear the Lord speak. We are to extend... A message of love and truth to the people who hear it, and we are to love everybody who doesn't. And that's the mission. That's the call on our life. Um, let's close, but before we do, let's uh, let's pray. We need to pray for Travis Bearden. Um, unfortunate, he had an unfortunate Fourth of July accident. Um, he's got some surgeries coming up on a leg uh, that he busted up. Um, Jay Fire is back. He was down this last week, so thankful that you're back and back up to health. Um, that's a good deal. Um, what else were you? Seemed like there was another one. Youth. All the crazies are headed to Colorado, <laughs> <laughs> and they're taking kids with them. So, <laughs> Luke said, "Luke said, hey, you want to go to Colorado?" yeah by, by myself you know i don't want with you no i don't want. No, but i do want one of those cool shirts so you bring me one of those that'd be great um so let's pray and uh we'll uh we'll uh, we'll break out of here